The thought of being audited by the IRS can fill many people with dread. After all, audits can result in a wide variety of negative consequences, including fines, penalties, and potentially even jail time in the worst case scenarios. But luckily, there are many things that you can do to reduce your chances of being audited. And in today's video, I'm going to break down the 10 best things that you can do. So what I want you to do is make sure you lock in, grab your notebook, because I'm going to teach you how you can protect yourself from the IRS, because you know that they're manning up and we need to man up too. Without further ado, let's dive in. Before we get into strategies for avoiding audits, let's first quickly discuss some important statistics about audits. Knowing these statistics can help you better to understand your chances of being audited in the first place. Now, in 2021, the IRS audited roughly 659,000 out of about 160 million returns. This comes out to about four out of every 1,000 tax returns is being audited. Meaning for that year, taxpayers only had about a 0.4% chance of getting audited. The odds of being audited vary slightly from year to year, but generally speaking, the average person will have less than a 1% chance of being audited every single year. However, certain people have an increased chance of being audited. For example, people with very high incomes have a higher audit rate. Taking a look at this chart, you can look to see what your chances of being audited were from the tax years of 2016 to 2020. During the tax years of 2016 to 2020, if you made less than 1 million, then you had a less than 1% chance of being audited. However, as soon as you start making more than a million dollars and between a million and up to 5 million, your audit chance goes up to 2.5%. For those taxpayers who are making 5 million upwards to 10 million, your audit risk now jumps to 5.1%. And for taxpayers making over $10 million, your audit jumps up to 8.6%. So as you guys can see, the more income you make, the higher chances of you being audited. In this same time frame, people who had an annual income of a dollar to 500,000 had audit rates of less than 0.7%. So if you make less than half a million per year, the chances of you being audited are less than 0.7%. You should also be aware though, guys, that having no income and making $0 per year does not mean that you won't be audited. People with $0 in income actually have the highest audit rate. People with incomes of $0 were audited at a rate of 8.9% between those years of 2016 and 2020. And this is because many people who have adjusted gross incomes of $0 often either claim large amount of business losses or they're using various different tax credits such as the earned income tax credit to wipe out their entire tax bill. The IRS often looks closely at tax returns for people who take substantial business losses or people who are claiming the earned income tax credit to make sure that there's no fraudulent activity going on or that the deductions that are being claimed are legitimate. I'm a total fraud. All right, guys, we already covered the key statistics. Now we need to talk about the 10 best things that we can do to prevent an audit from happening. Number one, don't lie. Okay, I'm gonna be the one to say it here. Don't lie. This might sound so simple and obvious. However, it is estimated that at least 3.4% of the United States population, or about 8.8 .8 million people lie on their tax returns every single year. Lying on your tax returns can create major problems. Small lies might not be major red flags for the IRS, but large lies definitely can be. For example, if you claim that you had $50,000 worth of deductions that you didn't actually qualify for, if these deductions represent 50% of your income, then this could cause the IRS to look more closely at all of your tax returns going back up to seven years. Many people think that they can get away with their lies. However, if the IRS does decide to audit you, most likely it will get to the truth. Not only would it cause you to have to pay back any taxes you owe, 
but there could be severe consequences for you if the IRS discovers that you lied. So just make sure that you're playing it safe because you don't want to have IRS eyes on you every single year moving forward. Number two, double check all of your numbers. Double check all of your figures. The IRS uses a special software program to check your math errors. So if you have tax returns that have math errors on it, then it will increase your chances of being audited by a human. To prevent your tax returns from being flagged by the IRS with math error programs that they use, you need to make sure that the tax returns are being double checked and that the software you're using makes sure that it double checks the math errors before you decide to submit your return. Many people now rely on tax preparation software to do their math for them. This can be very beneficial for you if you're not really great at math or if you simply don't want to do any of the math yourself. However, I always recommend the best person to go through is a tax professional. Number three, always file your returns on time. I know that this is another one that seems obvious, but every year, millions of Americans fail to file their tax returns on time. Many of these people fail to file their returns just because they do not have the money to pay what they owe at the time. So they try to delay it. Some people also do not file their returns just because they think that the IRS will not catch them or because they are philosophically against paying taxes in general. This is very common. I want you to be smart. Here's the thing, guys. Failing to file your tax returns on time in general will increase the odds of the IRS looking into your situation. So regardless of what your motivation is for not filing your returns by the deadline, the IRS will most likely look into your returns if you miss the deadline. It's that simple. So you can reduce your audit risk by just making sure that you file your tax returns in a timely manner. Number four, be careful when creating and claiming your deductions. One of the things that the IRS looks for when deciding whether or not to audit you is your deduction to income ratio. If your deduction to income ratio is too high, meaning if you are deducting a large portion of your income, this can also be a red flag for the IRS. You need to be strategic in this regard. Those are some red flags. Having a high deduction to income ratio can be a trigger for the IRS. You need to make sure that you are claiming only deductions that you qualify for. Also, one of the things that I really wanna make sure I speak on is make sure you're avoiding double dipping which is when you claim the same deduction twice on your returns. Even if you do this by accident, there is a good chance that the IRS will catch it, and this is not something that you're not gonna wanna deal with down the road. So make sure you're very careful with the deductions that you claim. If you need help finding out whether or not you qualify for a certain deduction, then you can seek out a tax professional to get some help. There are some links below in the description. Number five, make sure all of your tax filings reconcile. What this means is that the details of your tax return should exactly match all of the details of the other forms that were filed on your behalf. For example, if you're an employee and if your employer filed a W-2 for you that stated you had an annual income of $100,000, then you should report that your 1040 shows $100,000, not $90,000. If there are any discrepancies between your tax returns and other tax filings that your employer reports, it can definitely trigger an audit on your behalf. In fact, these discrepancies are one of the many things that the IRS looks for when deciding who to audit. Sometimes these discrepancies happen by mistake, and oftentimes people say that their income is lower on their tax returns than it actually was, thinking that the IRS wasn't going to notice. But the IRS often does notice, and this is the one way in which you can end up tripping an audit for the next year and the next year, because then they become attached to you. So when you are filling out your tax forms, make sure that there are no discrepancies between the figures that are on your returns and the filings that have been made on your behalf. Number six, be very specific with your numbers. Some people make the mistake of rounding their expenses to a nice, even number. I don't know why they do this, but you should never, ever, ever do this. This is such an easy audit risk. Let me give you an example. Let's just say that you paid 
$4,982 in medical expenses. Should you round this $4,982 up to $5,000 on your tax return? Does that make sense? Because many taxpayers like to round numbers up and it is the wrong thing to do. You should never do this just because it seems easier to you to calculate or you think it's going to be easier for your accountant to calculate. This is a lying and not truthful. You always want to make sure you're using the right amounts. The reason why you should not round numbers is because if there are a lot of round even numbers, it can look like the numbers are not real and are being made up. So always make sure that to report the exact dollar amounts of your expenses and do not change them in any way. This will help you reduce your chances of expenses numbers triggering an audit. Here's number seven. Consider not being a sole proprietor. There is nothing wrong with being a sole proprietor from a business standpoint. However, if you're sole proprietorship and bringing in more than 100K in annual income, then this could increase your chances of being audited. That's kind of not fair. But other business structures such as partnerships and corporations are being audited at much lower rates than sole proprietorships. In fact, sole proprietors who file Schedule C's on average are three times more likely to get audited compared to partnership LLCs or corporations. So there can be additional benefits to switching your sole proprietorship to a different structure such as an LLC, for example. And if you switch your sole proprietorship to an LLC, you can get liability protection for your businesses that can help to protect you from lawsuits. Or maybe after you have an LLC, you might decide you want to switch it to an S corporation to avoid some of the self-employment tax that you're paying into. Now, if you switch your LLC to an S corp, then you can end up saving a lot of money in self-employment taxes because you won't have to pay social security and Medicare taxes on your entire income, just the salary that you pay yourself, which can be significantly lower than the full amount of income that you've made for the year. So in addition to reducing your audit chances, you can also capitalize on some tax savings too, just by simply knowing which entity structure can serve your business in the long term. Number eight, don't overdo the home office deduction. The home office deduction is one of the best deductions that people can take if they're self-employed who work from home. There are two ways of claiming the home office deduction. You can either use the simplified method, which will give you $5 per square foot up to a total of 300 square foot, or you can take the regular method, which means you're going to take a percentage of your home and you'll be able to deduct a percentage based on the percentage that's actually in use. Sometimes people get into trouble by trying to claim that their home offices are larger than what they actually are, especially when they're using the regular method of accounting. For example, a person with a 1500 square foot home might try to claim 750 square foot at their home office, but this could raise red flags for the IRS because the IRS would most likely view it as a highly unlikely that the person is using 50% of their home for a home office. So to avoid having the IRS show up and look closely at your tax returns, make sure you're being reasonable with your home office deduction. Number nine, do not try to claim political contributions as charitable donations. This one is probably one that's not talked about too often. Most forms of charitable donations are tax deductible under the IRS tax code. However, political contributions do not qualify as charitable deductions. Every year, taxpayers around the world, thousands accidentally try to claim political contributions as a charitable donation, and many of these people end up getting audited. So don't be one of these people, guys. If you want to make a donation to a, spe a specific political party, that's completely fine. But just understand that you won't be able to claim it as a tax deduction. You should also keep in mind that if you do plan on deducting some charitable donations, that you need to keep all of the receipts for them. This is especially true if the charitable donation were substantial in size. Some people try to fraudulently claim that they made a large charitable donation that they actually didn't make. Because of this, the IRS has a habit at looking for tax returns with many or large charitable donations to flag them for audits. So even though making charitable donations is not technically a business expense, you still need to hold on to all of your receipts so that you can prove you actually made the donations you said you did 
for the particular tax year. And number 10, make sure you declare foreign income. The United States is one of only two countries in the entire world where taxation is based on citizenship, not based on residency. The other one is Eritrea, I believe I'm saying that right. Hopefully I didn't butcher that, which is a country in East Africa, which borders the Red Sea. So even if you are living abroad, as long as you are still a United States citizen, you will still owe taxes on the income to the United States government every single year. This is true whether you're living in a different country for part of the year or for full amount of the time. If you do earn money abroad, however, you should be aware that there is something called the foreign earned income exclusion, which enables you to exclude a certain amount of foreign earned income from taxation. However, any income that you make above the foreign earned income exclusion amount in foreign countries is taxable. And in 2023, the foreign earned income exclusion amount is $120,000. Now, here are the two types of primary audits that we need to discuss. The two types of IRS audits are correspondence examinations and face-to-face -face examinations. Correspondence examinations are audits that are done through the mail. For these audits, the IRS will mail you the letter notifying you that you are being audited and provide instruction for you to send back specific documents. 75% of all audits are typically correspondence audits, and these are the most common for people who are in either lower to middle income levels. Now, face-to-face -face examinations are audits in which you are required to go into an IRS office and deal with a tax compliance officer or a revenue agent in person. Revenue agents are more skilled than tax compliance officers, and they usually deal with the most complicated and highest value tax returns. What happens though, if you're audited and you don't have receipts or documentation to prove what happened? Usually, if you're audited, you can provide the receipts to back up the claims you have made on your tax returns. If you have all the receipts and everything checks out, then usually the IRS will just back off and leave you alone. However, if you don't have the receipts, this is a different story. If you don't have the receipts, then your best bet is to try to get them before the IRS makes a judgment. You can try to get them by contacting any vendors, contractors, etc. that may have copies of the receipts that you need. If they have the copies, then great. You can ask them for a copy and you can show these copies to the IRS and I would write some documentation on those receipts to validate them. But if you don't have the receipts, then the IRS may cancel the deductions you are trying to claim. This will cause your taxable income amount to increase and you will most likely end up owing more taxes. If the amounts involved are large, then the IRS might end up fining you. In a worst case scenario, you could face a criminal investigation if the IRS thinks that you committed outright fraud. However, this usually only happens in extreme cases. In most situations, they will just want you to pay any back taxes you owe and fines if there are any. Now, my last piece of information on how to avoid audits is for all of you crypto investors out there. Some people mistakenly think that they do not have to report their crypto gains, losses, or income on their tax returns. A lot of these people think that cryptocurrencies are encrypted currencies that the IRS will not be able to track. And this isn't true. Many large exchanges such as Coinbase are required to provide the IRS with information about their users and accounts. Cryptocurrencies are something that the IRS is starting to look into more and more every day. So you should definitely report your crypto gains, your crypto losses, and income on your tax returns now as opposed to facing the wrath of the IRS later on. Also, keep in mind that evading crypto taxes is a federal offense and the penalties are up to 75% on the tax due up to a maximum $100,000 and up to five years in prison. Now, that's it for today's video, guys. I really hope that you learned a little bit more about how to protect yourself from getting into an audit. Audits can be just exactly as stressful, scary, and nerve-wracking as you're probably thinking that they can be. 
So you should strongly consider doing the things that I mentioned in this video to protect yourself ahead of time. If you have any questions about how you can prevent audits for your specific situation, then feel free to get in touch with my team by clicking on the link in the description below. You can also find a link to my tax course, Tax Alchemy, in the description. In this course, I teach you the absolute best tax strategies that the wealthy are using to pay the least amount of taxes possible legally. So feel free to check that out and sign up for the course. As always, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Thank you so much for watching this video. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Cheers.